Hi, it's Roger Sitkins. Welcome to Winning Strategies Podcast. Today we're going to talk about five ways to kill your agency. I don't think you really want to kill your agency, but I do want to challenge your thinking. You know, whenever I write articles or do the podcast or do live presentations, speeches, training programs, etc., my goal has always been to take a positive approach, to offer advice tied to behaviors and strategies, and challenge people to think differently about their business. Now, I don't expect anybody to agree with 100% of what I talk about. Uh, I'm also quite sure that there's not a single agency I know that has implemented 100% of what I've suggested. Even my private clients don't implement everything I recommend, despite the fact that I've been coaching some of them for decades now. And that's okay because reasonable people will disagree. My real point here is to just to challenge your thinking to maybe do some things different. Well, this month, this podcast, I want to challenge you in a little different manner. In keeping with the theme that we've also often discussed, which is, you know, what's the cost of doing nothing? I want us to think about that today. What's the cost of doing nothing? In other words, if we don't do certain things, can we wind up killing our agency? And this certainly applies to, to those who consistently do the same old, same old, and brings to mind two of my favorite sayings. First one, if you always do what you always did, you'll always get what you always got. The second one, what got you here will keep you here. What got you here will keep you here. In other words, the behavior, strategies, tactics that you've used to get your agency where it is today probably really won't take it into the future because the world is changing so rapidly. You know, consequently, the, the cost of doing nothing continues to skyrocket. In other words, if you're not doing new things, it's going to be even more costly to your agency. So if you're unable or unwilling to take the initiative to start doing things differently, there's a good chance you'll kill your agency. Now, I realize I'm preaching to the choir. You're listening into this podcast today. But again, let's just think about some things a little bit differently. I've been thinking about this an awful lot lately, and it dawned on me that there are probably at least five ways to kill the agency. And of course, the reverse of that is five ways to grow it. Now, I don't think that anyone, again, really wants to kill their agency or, or deliberately sets out to do so. Perhaps they're just not really thinking it through well enough, or perhaps they have a lifestyle agency that operates not so much as a business, but as a means to support a lifestyle. And quite frankly, it's a pretty good lifestyle. Well, in that type of agency, the personal checkbook and corporate checkbook are one and the same. They're interchangeable. This reminds me of an instance several years ago when I was presenting to a group of agents and I asked them to introduce themselves. And I'll never forget the one attendee, and I'll, I'll change his name for today. But one attendee stood up and he said, my name is John Smith from Smith Insurance. Yes, again, I changed the name. I have a $10 million agency, he announced. Thank God I do, because I've done enough stupid things to kill five $2 million agencies. Well, naturally, the room erupted in laughter as soon as he said that. However, I think he made a seriously good point. There are certainly more than five ways, again, to destroy an agency, but these to me right now are probably the top five ones that come to mind. And again, maybe we can use these as anti-models for you. Well, first of all, insurance is your only solution. If the only thing you offer your clients is the risk transfer mechanism known as insurance, you're probably killing your agency long term. It makes no difference whether we're talking personal lines, small commercial, large commercial, benefits, financial services, life insurance, whatever. If all you are as an agency is an app filler, app filler, application filler, and if all you're doing is filling out an application, 
with the same information that the previous agency used and your only solution is to sell the client insurance at a lower price, you're probably killing your agency. Furthermore, if you are not doing risk assessment and risk management plans, you're not going to differentiate yourself in the crowded marketplace and you'll kill your agency. Second thing, well, you're, you're really stuck in the commodity business. Now, as you know, commodity decisions are based only on price. No doubt you've heard that if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. The same is true for price only selling. If you live by price only, you die by price only. My greatest concern is that if the only thing you do to differentiate yourself is price, you're vulnerable to being replaced by a direct writer, a more aggressive pricer, or an online portal. The number of online providers is escalating daily. We all know this. Not only just for personal lines, but I'm also seeing it for commercial and benefits. Already, there are a handful of portables for small to medium-sized commercial accounts. One website even claims to have 20,000 commercial lines customers already. And I'm sure you've seen what's happened with Zenefits and the impact, the disruption they've caused on the benefits side of the business. Now, if the only value you bring to a client is product and price, sooner or later, others will be able to match what you offer and top it by being faster and or cheaper. I predict it will be sooner than later if this practice continues to accelerate, especially with the number of people that are entering the fray every day. Another one, your agency underutilizes automation. Well, we've certainly touched on this several times, and I'm not the automation expert, but I do know the end in mind of what should happen. It's amazing to me that agencies will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on their automation system and not use, train, or demand that the system be maximized. Unfortunately, many people still think of automation as a glorified accounting system and a little bit of CRM, client relationship management, and they get discouraged when they don't immediately know how to use its most valuable functions. So what do they do? Well, the service people revert to writing notes on pieces of paper when they're talking to a client, and then they'll enter them into the system when they get a chance, and they're really not very good at that. You know, to me, that's like having a $100,000 a year employee who shows up on the job every now and then, you know, just depending on their mood, and isn't held accountable for their individual productivity. I recently attended a NetView, that's the network of Vertifor users conference. And I was amazed at the improvements in productivity and all of the apps that were being shown there. Yet when I inquired, I found that fewer than 20% of the agencies with the Vertifor system attended the users group annual con conference. That, that just blew me away. I mean, if I still owned an agency today, I'd demand, it wouldn't be a suggestion, I would demand that my IT automation operations staff gets involved with the local, state, and national users group so that we can learn more and maximize our system. You know, whatever problems you're having at your agency, some other user at that meeting will have solved it already. They have the same experience and they've found a solution to the problem. Someone is getting their staff to maximize the system. And what I found with these users groups, they're more than happy to share their wealth of knowledge. Make sure that's a non-optional in your agency. You know, wh why is it, when you really think of it, why is it that some agencies 
in the same territory can have CSRs, and I don't like that term anymore, but customer service reps handling only 300,000 of revenue, when others in this same exact territory, same rate, same product, same systems, etc., have their people handling over 600,000 of revenue. The productivity, the usage of the automation is a key here. So if you're spending the money on automation and you're still, I love this one, well, I know we're overstaffed, but we're overstaffed for growth. How do you know that? Because your revenue per employee is less than $200,000. But I, when I hear people say, well, I know we're a little overstaffed and I, I know we should use it more, but we're, we're getting ready for growth. To me, that's a huge red flag. So unless you really want to kill your agency, you simply cannot, well, or it should not, allow employees to use the system at their pace and in their way. There must be the agency's way of doing business. Boy, one that really gets me, the agency that has a bunch of plateaued employees. You know, originally when I thought about this, I was thinking plateaued owners and plateaued producers. But the reality is you can't afford to have any employee that has a RIP, retired in place mentality. You know, we've talked about this before and when we talk about profit centers, etc. And as we've discussed, if you have any retired in place employees who aren't following the systems, not doing their job, not embracing change, your agency will plateau because the RIP becomes contagious. That's why every employee should be viewed as a profit center. Are we making a profit having this person here? Often, it's the employees with the seniority that not only refuse to do certain new and agreed upon tasks, they get away with it. Why? Well, I guess they're kind of those legacy employees, but they're killing you overall. In other cases, they're employees who just don't care. And I, I hope somebody didn't just jump to your mind when I said the employee that just doesn't care. But either way, their attitudes and actions have a negative impact on all other employees in the agency. You know, at, at most agencies, we see two kinds of workers. They're the ones who dread their job and only show up to, you know, it's time to make the donuts, the old Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Time to make the donuts. Not very excited. Well, as workers, they crank out the bare minimum and really can't wait to go home at the end of the day. And then there are the jobs, J-O-Bs, an acronym for employees who literally jump out of bed because they're excited about going to work. Well, one of my favorite sayings is you can only coast in one direction. You can only coast in one direction. And if the entire agency starts coasting, look out. It's an avalanche. I'm sure you're familiar with the old saying, it's coming in the front door and going out the back. If all your producers are just limping along, selling some and losing some again, coming in the front door, going out the back, you've got a chance of losing it all because you could get replaced by a true relationship-based agency that does all the right things. And I guess the fifth one that could kill us, and certainly not all, but these are some of the main ones, you stopped learning. Well, again, I realize I'm preaching to the choir because you're listening to this. But whenever I give a speech or provide a training program, I'm always amazed at how little outside reading people seem to do. Often, when I've referred to a book that I've recently read, and I think it's really relevant to our industry, I'll ask you, how many people have read this book, whatever it may be? Typically, very few hands go up. Now, I'm not talking about some obscure title, but bestsellers like Tony Robbins' book, Money, Master of the Game. Incredibly, most of the audiences haven't even heard about it. It makes me wonder if anyone really reads anything anymore 
other than the sports scores and restaurant menus. Well, again, for the fifth or sixth time preaching to the choir here. But if your agency doesn't have a learning culture, or if you as an individual don't possess a learning mentality, then you're going backwards. I believe that learning, continual learning, gives you an unfair advantage in the marketplace. And something I always say that in every selling situation, every situation, someone has an unfair advantage. Shouldn't it be you? Anyone can have basic insurance knowledge. But it's the higher level thinking about emerging risk, business acumen, marketplace, etc., that gives you an edge. If your agency is just doing the minimum in an effort to earn continuing education credits to keep your license, guess what? You're killing your agency. Whether you are a professional athlete or you're a competitive salesperson, keep in mind there's always someone out there who's working harder than you to succeed. Unless you are continuously driven to improve, they'll outdo you. You know, even so, even in all of this, and I've talked about this before, studies show that only about 2% of people can implement long-term meaningful change. Well, that's what we're always looking for at Simpsons, those 2%ers. The reason they can and the other 98% can't is because they're committed to learning. You don't get better by just showing up. Well, the bottom line to all of this, these aren't the only things that can kill your agency, and I, I certainly hope these five points give you some anti-models of things to do different. Now, if any of these jumped out at you, I hope you make a commitment to make some positive, meaningful, long-lasting change in your agency. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and as always, I hope you gained value from it. To learn more about our results-based programs, please go to our website, www.sitkins.com.